Hello and welcome to In Defense Of, a movie podcast. On this episode, we're looking at 2015's The Last Witch Hunter, or as we like to call it, The Last Witch Bender. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This movie sits on Rotten Tomatoes with a 17% critical rating and a 43% uh, user rating. Uh, It cost about 90 million to make and only made about 140 million worldwide. So not a lot of people went and saw this, but the people that did, half of which more or less kind of liked it. So uh, this is a really awesome episode because we are introducing our very first special guest. Everybody say hello to Cody. Hey, Cody. (laughs) Sorry. I was representing the audience in that. (laughs) That was a a great audience take. I loved it. (laughs) So, Cody, um, as our special guest, we we, uh, gave you selection of the movie for the episode. So I have a question is why? Why did you pick The Last Witch Bender? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, um, I was kind of going through uh, my movie collection a bit and uh, trying to think of a movie to pick. And uh, me and a coworker were actually talking about this movie because she herself has seen it. She said at least eleven times. Eleven oh, wow. times. Eleven times. <laughs> and I'd, I came to think of it, I was like, I really wonder how good this movie actually did. Yeah. So I checked it on Rotten Tomatoes, and I seen the score, and I was I was uh, a little surprised actually by the the critic yeah. reviews. Yeah. Um. There's some pretty nasty reviews for this movie, and I'm. Actually, quite surprised. Um, I wanted to find this one that I read that kind of made me laugh out loud. This guy, Matthew Bond from the uh, the Mail on Sunday UK, said, "I was cursed with having to watch this buttock numbing twaddle, through which you spend most of your time wondering which is worse: the truly appalling script or the dreadful supporting performances." <laughs> but uh, I didn't really get that from watching this. I actually really enjoyed this yeah. movie. Me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I definitely like this movie more than a lot of the stuff that we've watched. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, Cody, um, why don't you... Uh, actually, here's what we'll do. Aaron, um, maybe unpack the cast for us, and then Cody, can you can tell us what this film is about. Oh, okay. Um, so we got uh, Vin Diesel as Avatar Aang... <laughs> <laughs> the last witch bender. No. Um, Vin Diesel as Calder. Rosie, Rose Leslie uh, as Chloe. Elijah Wood as Dolan 37. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Caine as Dolan 36. Michael Caine. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce uh, the one guy's name. Ula Ferdari Ophalson as... Uh, what is it? Belial? Belial. 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 Yeah. Uh, and then Julie. Oh man, I'm so terrible at these names. Julie <laughs> Engelbrich as the Witch Queen. Part of the yeah. fun is butchering names. Yeah. Yeah. Well, There's some tough names my, on this one for sure. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Um, yeah, and then we have a ton of supporting cast members. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so. This is an interesting time. This movie was produced at a very, very uh, interesting time um, because while it was being made, Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, um, Paul Walker uh, passed away uh, during the, the, basically they, uh, this film was kind of slid into production uh, when Furious 7 was delayed because of the unfortunate passing of Paul Walker. Um, Mm -hmm. So 
This movie kind of, I don't know, this movie kind of came out of left field for a lot of people, I think. I've heard your passion. I've yeah, no, heard I'm... your support. You are really invested. It is important <laughs> for me right. as an artist to understand what you think. What did you think when you saw the movie? I've been holding this movie for years. Right. And uh, I was stoked to watch this movie again because uh, I had no memory of it. Um, and I just finished rewatching the Fast and Furious saga. So I was ready for some more Vin Diesel. <laughs> did it feel like you're just watching Vin Diesel? Yeah. Yeah, Vin Diesel is kind of a one-note actor, but he's like really good at it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So Cody, what is The Last Witch Hunter about? Basically, The Last Witch Hunter is basically about... It kind of goes back to an army of witch hunters battling, you know, witches. Mm -hmm. for centuries, um, which includes uh, the main character, Calder. So it kind of shows the scenes at the beginning of him, uh, all the witch hunters kind of fighting and whatnot, and um, the witch queen ends up um, cursing Calder with uh, immortality mm -hmm. so he can't be with his wife and kids. And uh, it basically kind of goes ahead kind of to present day and uh, kind of how he deals with his life with that and uh, eventually takes on the witch again. Yeah. So when we catch up with Vin Diesel, um, we kind of get introduced to this world like really, really quickly. He basically mm -hmm. has like a, uh, he has something called Doolins that have worked with him in succession over the years that are basically like his uh, priest helpers who help him do all his witch hunting stuff. Oh, is that how you say it? Doolin? I think it's Doolin, yeah. Oh, okay. I could Sorry, be wrong. I was saying Dolan. I, I don't know. Yeah, man, it's a it's a pretty straightforward, compact little film, to be honest. Like, mm -hmm. um, one thing I want to defend about this movie right off the top is that it's an original concept. Mm -hmm. um, this isn't a pre-existing comic or video game or you know TV show. This is uh, straight out of straight out of nowhere. So it's pretty yeah. nice to see an original movie come out that you know took some chances and had some original stuff going on in it. Mm -hmm. I got pretty strong, like, John Wick vibes while watching this with, like, the whole secret society of witch hunters and witches yeah. and how there's kind of, like, a council. Yeah, and so this movie is apparently also loosely based off of uh, one of Vin Diesel's D&D uh, &D characters. <laughs> yeah. The character in Dungeons & Dragons, this might be too much, but in Dungeons & Dragons, there was never a witch hunter class, so to speak. Um, but there was a, in the 80s, there was an aftermarket third-party book called The Arcanum. And in The Arcanum were various characters, and one of them was a witch hunter. And I was speaking with the, uh, the original writer, uh, Corey Goodman, um, I guess six years back or something. Um, and we just geeked out, and I told him about this hybrid character that I had because a witch hunter on paper is a hybrid character who's both a warrior and a spell caster, if you need to know. Uh, with a, um, a school of his magic lies in the school of mysticism, and this is way too much uh, too, too, too geeky, but. Uh, the idea, uh, I think the genius of this story is the homage to a fantasy-like world while 
existing in a very familiar, like, contemporary setting. And that's what's so fun about this. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, Vin Diesel puts out, like, this tough guy attitude, right? But yeah, underneath the surface, I don't know. Like, you hear stuff about how he has, like, D&D characters and, you know. Yeah. Um, I had this boss once um, who claims that he's been to some of Vin Diesel's, like, big Hollywood parties. And apparently he dresses what? in... like Yeah, this guy, um, I worked at a theater once. That's and, crazy. And he said that Vin Diesel would, like, wear these, like, elaborate, like, fur coat costumes and have, like, medieval-style buffet tables laid out and stuff. <laughs> and so, so he's basically he's the actual person from... who portrays yeah. in yeah. movies. So from what I gather, Vin Diesel's super into, like, fantasy stuff. And, like, and this is, like, yeah. right up his alley. That, yeah, it's, like... You could tell that he, like, cared about it, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, as far as his acting and performance goes, like, he's he's all in. You know, he doesn't have, like, that Bruce Willis reluctance or anything. Like, he is in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is sold into this. Um, so this movie was shot in Pittsburgh. Uh, there's a ton of stock footage in New York, but it is shot in Pittsburgh, um, which is kind of cool. Um, I think the production was moved there because of a tax credit, so that's kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, this is kind of an interesting one to me because mm-hmm. when I look at that 17%, I kind of wonder, first off, I wonder why no one went and saw this. I think a lot of people, uh, don't really trust in Vin Diesel. Like they all <laughs> think of him as the Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> and if you're not a Fast and the Furious fan, I feel like people yeah. basically just make fun of Vin Diesel. Was it hard for you guys to not see him as Dom when you were watching this? No, not for me, because the first time I ever saw Vin Diesel in anything, it was uh, Pitch Black. So whenever I see, like, that's my first experience with Vin Diesel. And, yeah. Uh, are, you, are you telling so me that's... you guys don't see Groot the entire time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vin Diesel was Riddick before he was Dom, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is uh, also, he's got, uh, he's he's recently revealed that he's, uh, they've finished up work on the next Riddick movie script. Oh, yeah. And I think they're That's going exciting. to his home planet, Furia, for it. So that should be pretty cool. Yeah. I remember watching that movie as a kid and just like thinking Vin Diesel was the coolest person ever. Yeah. Right. He was yeah. super badass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to shave my head. <laughs> Yeah, this movie had everyone asking, what would I look like bald? (laughs) Yeah, Pretty exciting as the Iron Giant, too. Yeah, totally. And this movie has some pretty, uh, this movie has a pretty wicked cast. Um, I forgot that, (laughs) I totally forgot that Elijah Wood was in this film. (laughs) And then when he shows up, um, Elijah Wood's terrific in this. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, he's really good. He basically plays the the successor, the the 37th Doolin, um, who's supposed to take uh, Michael Caine's place once he passes away. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's a little more complicated than that in the movie because um, we're led to believe that Michael Caine has, uh, his Doolin or Doolin has passed away. um, But in actual fact, he's been basically cursed, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So then there's this whole dynamic where you basically have the uh, Calder investigating what happened to his to Michael Caine's character um, and these rumors about this witch queen that has returned, who was the original witch who basically cursed him way back when, right? Yeah. So it's pretty intriguing stuff. Um, there's a ton of special effects in this film, like tons and tons. And uh, for my money, honestly, I thought this film looked pretty stinking cool. 
Yeah, there's actually like the the one scene uh, where everything's on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually burnt like an, an like actually made an entire scene of like burnt burning wood and stuff like that to create that scene. The bar. Uh, yeah, which I'm assuming is uh, green screened, anyways. But I think they actually used real footage that they created themselves. Oh, cool. Yeah, so at the top of this at the top of this film, it definitely has like uh kind of has some horror elements. Like the witch queen is kind of creepy, man. Like when they go oh, into I the thought tree. she was hot. <laughs> 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 She's scary, man. Like she, is. Uh, she has she like a was doing it for me. <laughs> <laughs> was it the spinal was it the spinal cord growing out yeah, of her head? Yeah, it's definitely that. I was like, I don't know why there aren't humans out there today with their spinal cord growing out of their heads. <laughs> You're just like, I would love to live forever with this woman. Yeah. What does that feel like? What does she use it for? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Cody, we'll start with you. Um, what what jumped out at you about this film that like makes you really, really like it? Um, I don't know if there's anything that really specific that jumped about it. I am like... Uh, a big Frodo Baggins fan, so the overall <laughs> cast I just really enjoyed. Mm-hmm, it was kind of yeah. weird uh, seeing Michael Caine and other things that aren't Elford. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of the some of the scenes you get with uh, Vin Diesel and uh, Michael Caine, it's like you can almost get a taste of what a Vin Diesel Batman movie would look like. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah like, totally. Yeah, Michael Caine was essentially Alfred in this movie. Yeah, yeah basically. I- I agree. Basically. (laughs) At moments, you feel like you're in a Bond world or a Batman world or uh, a Game of Thrones-like world or a Tolkien-esque-like world because of of Elijah. Um, Yeah, we've really... It's it's exciting. It's exciting. I mean, even the cast is... You could tell that as a production, we were that committed to really going there so yeah the cast did a lot for me in this one um yeah a female lead character uh she um she was Jon snow's wife in game of thrones oh yeah yeah that was uh chloe or played by rose leslie yes yeah, yes yeah and so how many times did you say you know nothing during the watching of this movie? <laughs> i felt like i just kept saying that a lot in my head every time she came on screen yeah. Um, I wish Elijah Wood would be in more movies. Is yeah. I feel like he doesn't act in enough movies. Or maybe I'm just like missing them. <laughs> he does a lot of quirky like uh series like um mm-hmm. he was fantastic in uh what was it, Wilfred? Wilfred yeah. um, Dirk's Gently he was awesome in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He does Which I'm like so a... bummed about Dirk's Gently being cancelled too. Yeah, I know. That first season was a masterpiece in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think it just got to a point of weird where people uh, were kind of just like not really sure if they were going to watch it. I don't even mm-hmm. think a lot of people originally even clicked on it to give it a chance. Yeah. Right? Did you watch it, Cody? I did for sure, yeah. Yeah. And you liked it. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big Douglas Adams fan, so. I had to okay, it out. cool. Yeah. Uh, so, Dan, what did uh, you think of the movie? Like, what was your favorite part, I guess? Well... I kind of like, there's a lot of stuff that jumped out at me. Um, mm-hmm. th- this movie felt like a, a really good, like, mixtape of, like, a bunch of different movies. 
where okay. you, you had elements of Batman, you had elements of like Harry Potter, you had elements of um, John Wick, you had elements of like Riddick and that you know otherworldliness about mm-hmm. it. It was just like um, it was kind of like a sum of the parts for me. Where every time I thought it was kind of getting dry, something cool would happen. Like um, mm-hmm. that, uh, they do kind of an homage to like Hansel and Gretel, where that kid goes towards like this awesome like gummy bear tree, mm, and yeah. it looks so dope. And then, uh, and then of course Calder shows up and and uh, and saves him from from taking the stuff or whatever for <laughs> it uh, for because yeah. uh, it's an illusion. He's actually about to eat like some rotten fruit or something. But for me, like this movie was just full of like all these little creative original things I'd just never really seen before. Um, For instance, that witch council where they like convict people and like haul them away with that big, like uh, beast of a Mm. thing. And there's like a witch prison. Um, It was just like the, the universe building, you know, like, yeah, it it honestly felt like watching a D and D campaign kind of play out. Yeah. And even like as small as it is, there's a, the one guy, every time he'd disappear or whatever, like, he'd show the butterflies. Yeah. Uh, and then he gets attacked the one time, and uh, it all, like, turns into moths. Yeah. And I was like, that is so emo, and I love it. Totally. <laughs> yeah, this movie it definitely has some, like, very, like, emo, gothy kind of stuff in it. Um, yeah. I like this movie because every time you think you have a feel for the universe they're building, they hit you with like a mm-hmm. new element that kind of just like, I don't know. The first time they mentioned the witch prison, I legitimately laughed out loud um, <laughs> just because it sounded in my head so dumb. But once you kind of see how it works, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's the kind of movie that just has a playful nature to it. Like mm-hmm. it's the tone is serious. It's not particularly funny, but it's also lighthearted in a way. Like, it's not super edgy. It's not rated R or anything like that, I don't think. Um, but, you know, it, it, like, never takes itself too seriously. And it's, I, I really like that about it. There's definitely, like, moments about it where I was, like, found myself laughing at the movie, but still enjoying <laughs> the scene. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's the one part where Vin Diesel, and he's, like, when he, like, roids out on Frodo, and he's, like... <laughs> He's like pointing in his <laughs> pointing in his face and like just yelling, and it made yeah. me laugh so hard. It's like, <laughs> uh, it's like he like walked away after because he was like standing against that fence. Yeah, and it's like he walked away after, and you could just see like a brown stain on the fence where he explosively shit himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think honestly, I think the only thing I didn't like about this film, like legitimately, the only thing I didn't quite enjoy about this film. Um, if I could give it one criticism, was that there was never any question in my mind right from the get-go uh, what the true intentions were of Elijah Wood's character. Um, I think this movie does a very, very poor job of uh, misleading you. Like, mm. you kind of know where it's going right from the start. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I also think it's kind of weird that Calder didn't realize that the Witch Queen would still be alive because I'm pretty sure that mm-hmm. he specifically says that like the witch's curses are like will go away when she dies, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, like he himself is cursed, so you'd think that he would know mm. that some element of that witch is still around. Yeah, plot hole for sure. I, yeah, what I get kind of confused by too is she gives him the power of like basically gives her power of immortality to him yeah but then how does she stay around so long 
Well, it's well because it's the heart, right? The heart of the witch yeah. is still around. It's still going. So yeah. I, I, I had some questions about this. So yeah. the the heart, the heart is like essentially attached to Vin Diesel's character Calder, yeah. and um, so obviously, if the witch's heart gets like destroyed, then he dies. But at the end, they destroy the witch's heart, right? Yes. And he's still alive. And so, like, is he no longer cursed? And and that means he's not immortal anymore? So, I kind of interpreted it as, like, the witch's heart, the only way to kill a witch is to, to run through its heart with iron and fire or something like that. I think mm-hmm. that's... Um, but for the actual body of her, for her to actually be in body, whatever that particular trait is, is what she cursed Vin Diesel with, which is essentially mm. immortality. But I think... I, I think there was like a, a two part to it where like the heart is its own thing, but then her actual being is kind of another thing. Yeah. I don't know. It is kind of confusing to be honest with you, but. Yeah. Um, and so uh, like the way I interpreted it was that they destroyed the heart and now he's no longer immortal and like he's going to go living the rest of his life. But that also doesn't make sense. Well, maybe I'm kind of meta thinking it because I know that they were they were in talks of doing sequels to this movie, and so I'm trying to connect the lines of where the sequel would have gone. Like, would he have been um, immortal, or would he have been like a normal person? But they do yeah. do the scene where, like, when they kind of meet up again near the end, uh, where she is like basically like, "Thanks for holding my immortality," and she yeah. like mm. lifts the curse off of him, so he could feel all the pain that she's about to give him. Yeah, yeah, and so so I think he does end as like he's not immortal anymore towards the end of the movie, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, but okay. they they don't the the thing they don't clarify until like the very end though is that like in my mind there's always a difference between like immortality and like invincibility, but mm-hmm. it's not until kind of like midway through the movie that you kind of realize that oh yeah, not only is he immortal, but he like legitimately can't even get like punctured or. Uh, like mm-hmm. in, like, like he just heals right away. Yeah, exactly. So that was that was kind of a twist to me because I thought he he kind of has like the Wolverine thing going on. Um, yeah, which that's just not how I th- I always think of immortality as specific to like life force where he could literally you know cut his head off but his head would just still be alive or something. But mm-hmm. so the rules are a little janky. But then by the end you kind of get the idea that the immortality is linked to his invulnerability as well. Mm-hmm. Or his, like, healing properties. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, another thing that it reminds me of is Wolverine now. <laughs> it's just, like, a giant mixtape of ideas. What do you guys think the sequel would have been about if they did came out with one? Because mm. I feel like the the Witch Queen or whatever is, like, a pretty badass villain. And, like, how could you top that? How could you make someone more menacing than a Witch Queen? I'm assuming that they'd basically just be like, oh, there is this other witch that was even more powerful from so much longer ago. His heart's still going. It's frozen in ice. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe like a warlock or something they could do. I always thought that, I thought it'd be cool if there was, um, there was another witch, like a, a daughter of the witch queen somewhere mm, that's been yeah. like living in the shadows. And then the next movie would basically be a civil war between like the witches and warlocks and humanity. Um, 
I don't know. I kind of the, the the neat thing about this movie is because it's building its own lore and its own rules, they could essentially in one like throwaway line create a sequel. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Like the nice thing about not having like an established backstory or lore, they could literally just like Vin Diesel could look at the screen and be like, "There's more witch queens," and we'd all have to go, "Oh, okay, there's more." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you so, got my twenty dollars. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like I feel like just like a daughter of the witch queen would be a cool way to go. Mm. Or maybe yeah, we find would. out that Chloe has been the daughter of the witch queen this entire time. Yeah. And then Chloe. Oh, that goes, would be cool. She goes all badass. Mm-hmm. I read that the script for this movie was rewritten, uh, but the rewrite was never given any credit. Um, that uh, screenwriter Corey Goodman originally wrote it with Vin Diesel, kind of like as a shadow writer, like talking about it. Uh, yeah. And then there was an initial director and everything, but um, he was he was replaced. Now I wanted to mention this because this is very interesting to me. Um, this movie was directed by Brett or Breck Eisner, sorry. Now Breck Eisner was the um, son of the former CEO of Disney. Oh wow. Yeah. Now Breck Eisner um, is responsible for 2005 Sahara, which was mm-hmm. one of the biggest box office bombs of all time, <laughs> like a total yeah. failure. Um, is that the one with Matthew McConaughey? It is. McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. So <laughs> Love that guy. He has directed three feature films. He directed Sahara, and he directed The Crazies, which actually The Crazies is actually fairly yeah, that, well That's reviewed. a good movie. Yeah. yeah. And then Last Witch Hunter, which again was another box office bomb. Um, mm-hmm. So it just goes to show you that who you... Uh, <laughs> it just goes to show you that uh, your last name does not always equate talent (laughs) Mm. yeah but i thought that was really interesting uh the son of a disney ceo decides to take on the last witch hunter yeah but good for him for like staying away from disney-esque type of stuff you know and trying to break break out yeah i was trying diesel guy yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I, i was trying to figure out in my mind like why um, why they would start him with a movie like Sahara. Like, Matthew McConaughey's, like, at the top, you know, he's peak McConaughey at that point in time, and it's this huge, huge expensive film, and they give it to this guy who is literally at that point, I think, directed, like, one or two TV episodes, and they're just like, yeah, give it to the son of the Disney guy, because Disney. <laughs> and then, yeah, the rest is history. It, I thought that was a really fascinating takeaway, because I didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell from watching this that they definitely wanted it to be a series, hey? Like the this movie, yeah. Like they wanted to build a franchise on it. Oh yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. Vin Diesel talked about it because it 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 uh, bombed so hard. So I don't think that we're gonna see one. But like, you never know. Maybe Vin Diesel in his older age of his career or whatever might come out with another one. Because Do guys... like, does this does this almost seem like a passion project? Oh yeah, I think so, a hundred percent. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. But like just being off of his Dungeons and Dragons character and whatnot. Yeah. I feel like it was like something that he definitely just really wanted to make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a theory that um he kind of saw the end in sight for the Fast and Furious franchise and was starting to sow seeds of his next big franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just I've always interpreted I've always seen Vin Diesel as a franchise guy. I don't think he likes doing standalone movies or else he'd probably be in a lot more things. 
Um, yeah. I think for him, he's always played the long run game. Like, because he, he produced this, obviously, you can tell he produced it. But, um, like, he, he does a lot of producing and stuff like that. Like, he's very much a hardworking guy yeah. and, and isn't heavily involved in this type of stuff he does. Um, and yeah. even picks up some writing credits here and there, too. So, um, Maybe we'll see uh, Vin Diesel, and then The Rock will be uh, will be like a warlock, <laughs> and they'll be fighting oh, each no. other, and they'll just hate each other behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but they'll get to work. They'll get to work it out on screen and like fight each other in the movie. But what we don't know is it's like a real fight going on between yeah, them. It's yeah. not scripted at all. It's just that. And there'll be a, then there'll be a Hobbs and Shaw style spinoff of like warlocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Question, do you guys think... I, oh, sorry, go ahead, Aaron. I was just going to say, I'd be in for that. Yeah. <laughs> Question, do you guys think that if this had been a big hit, do you think that Disney would have, like, snapped it up and corralled it, kind of like a Pirates of the Caribbean thing? Mm, I think this is a little bit out of uh, Disney's, like, wheelhouse there. Because, I don't know, is there other stuff that kind of has to deal with, uh, like, witches and warlocks and all that and, like, purging people and... You know. I feel honestly, I feel like the more and more I think about it, Pirates of the Caribbean, the series as a whole has some pretty dark themes in it. So yeah, I don't know, actually, it's hard to say. Yeah, I'd read it along but kind of the lines of pirates. With with Pirates of the Caribbean, there's more than anything else, there's like a huge humor tone that goes throughout the movie, right? And this movie is definitely like more brooding and dark. So like that's why I say I like I, I just feel like it doesn't fit a Disney build. Well, if you've yeah. seen the Pacifier, Vin Diesel isn't really so good at comedy. Oh yeah, the Pacifier! <laughs> I remember going to see that in theaters. Oh man, you're that one is... of the lucky few that saw it in the theater, hey? Oh yeah, I think I was actually working at a theater at that point in time too, so I probably just okay. like picked it up one rainy day just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's so crazy. That's probably one of his few standalone films. Mm-hmm. You'll notice that there's a, there's a formula to the Hollywood tough guy. It's almost like a rite yeah. of passage where at some point in time they have to do a family film. Um, yeah. For The Rock, it was The Pacifier, I think it was called. No, uh, no, that, that was, was the Vin Diesel one. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking it the was, Tooth Fairy. It uh, was Tooth Fairy. Yeah, yeah, yeah Tooth yeah. Fairy. Tooth Fairy. And so there's there's always, the tough guy always takes a turn in the family role, and it's always like that fish out of water thing where you have like, big muscly guy doesn't know how to make cereal you know what i mean it's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or oh he has to fit in a minivan and you know it's always like really low bar humor <laughs> yeah yeah man it's kind of it's kind of weird the uh careers of like Dwayne Dwayne Johnson and uh Vin Diesel here because they do very similar things um like they're both in those types of movies they're both trying to get like franchises going like The Rock has what does he have now he has like the Jumanji series um he somehow attached himself to the Fast and Furious yeah and yeah and then Vin Diesel's got obviously Fast and Furious uh Chronicles of Riddick and then he almost had this as like a uh, as a series as well. Yeah, I feel like. Hmm. Do you guys remember like any marketing for this movie whatsoever? Not really. What from what I remember, this movie just just kind of was like I just saw a trailer, and then it, like a couple weeks later, it was out. Yeah, this is interesting because this movie was released in October, so it was definitely billed as like a Halloween flick, right? Um, hmm. 
this definitely feels more like a January film, though. Way more like uh, just dump it, dump it in January. You know, not super mm. confident about it. But Watch can you explain that a little bit more? Oh, sorry. So, like, so every almost every month of the year in terms of release schedules is structured around a major holiday or long weekend in terms of how mm-hmm. studios perceive box office potential. So you'll have weekends like, say, Labor Day or, um, you know, Fourth uh, of July weekend or stuff like that where there's these big, you want to, or you you always want to put like your biggest uh, box office potential movies on or near long weekends so more people will fill the seats. Um, but January is historically the worst month for any movie releases because it's right after Christmas. Nobody goes to see movies um, in January, historically speaking anyway. So usually mm. what a studio will do is they'll dump all the movies that they're not super confident in in January because you have one group of people who's like busy with mm-hmm. family and holidays and is broke and doesn't want to go spend the money to go see movies. But then you have another group of people who all got gift cards for Christmas and are like, yeah, I'll take a chance on that. It's free. Why not? Let's go see. Mm-hmm. So mm. if you'll often find that January films are, uh, they're, they're usually hit and miss. Okay. Mm, I could imagine. I could imagine it being pretty decent for like Netflix to release during January. Then, yeah, totally, yeah. But Last Witch Hunter, like it was billed as like a Halloween, you know, witches go see this film, you know, as part of your Halloween. But yeah, I, I'm telling you, man, like I don't remember seeing any any marketing for this film whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It I just, think I've um, seen maybe like one trailer while going to another movie and being like, let's check that out. I'm trying to figure out why no one went and saw this film. I'm gonna, um, because you have Vin Diesel who's midway through, you know, he, he's he's in the middle of filming Fast and Furious, and as far as I know, I don't really know anybody that like hates Vin Diesel. He's kind of a fairly accessible movie star. Um, mm-hmm. Then you have Elijah Wood, who obviously everyone loves Elijah Wood, and then mm-hmm. you have Michael Caine, um, and I just I don't understand like what this like. Do you think it was just felt too nerdy or was it like, um, were people just not into witchcraft anymore? Did did Harry Potter kind of burn (laughs) people out? I honestly seriously think people didn't take Vin Diesel seriously. Like if they watched the trailer and they seen him just like hunting witches and whatnot, I feel like people just like laughed it off. Oh, That's too you bad. You know, I I kind of wish that this whole movie was like the beginning uh, 10 minutes of it where they're in like medieval times and they're fighting. Yeah. And uh, like I hope that one day Vin Diesel revives this series and they give us like a prequel and that's him like fighting, you know, like when his wife and kids and like that whole story and background. Because like I, I love I love when they go into uh, like medieval times and stuff and they have those oh, types yeah. of movies anyways. Totally. Is it just me or did Vin Diesel, did his, did uh, Calder have an accent at the very beginning of the film? Oh, I didn't notice it. Cause I, I didn't thought, really like, notice anything, but it could, um, like you could have something and then just adapt over mm-hmm. living through so many years. Yeah. Cause I loved the, the modern day introduction of him where he's on the flight and he uh, stops that one witch from like causing a airline disaster mm. by playing with yeah. those, uh, those runes that yeah. controlled the weather. Um, 
I love that scene and, and the way he like winks at that kid and kind of smiles and just like, he just seems so likable, you know? And yeah, but then it's totally ruined and followed with that, uh, air hostess or whatever, the flight attendant. Yeah. If I could wish one thing for this movie, like if it was remade or, or in the sequel, I would love to see more of that lighter side of his character. Mm-hmm. That's more charismatic, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I really liked his character and the way he went, and he seemed like such a family man. But then, yeah, that, like, uh, flight stewardess just seemed kind of ruined it for me, and it just made it seem like he was uh, went back to, like, his ape brain or, like, Dom from yeah. Fast and Furious. And if I, if like, I could cut one scene out of this movie, it'd probably be that one because, like, I, it just made a, his character look scummy more than it did, like, anything else. Yeah, he goes from like being this charismatic, likable, wink at the kid, you know, be be kind to this witch and show impartiality. And next thing you know, he's mm-hmm. like boning a flight attendant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And he just, what does he say to her? Like, I've like been around or something like that. Yeah, he, he uses some party trick on her. It's so broy and like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, definitely. There's, there's a few I, bro moments that uh, that happen in this movie for sure. Yeah, man, but you know what? I I I really don't fault Vin Diesel for that. I don't because mm-hmm. like I, it fits I his feel character. like a more Yeah, exactly. I feel like a more competent writer director could seriously knock this source material out of the park. Yeah. Like even coming down to the one point with the uh, the secret door where he like fist pounds it to open it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love uh I I love secret like weapon rooms in movies. I think my favorite has to be probably Kingsman. Kingsman is the best oh, for Kingsman, sure. Oh, Kingsman, yeah. Yeah, everything's just so like ornate and beautiful. Yeah, if I ever like come into an enormous sum of money and have like a eccentric mansion or something, I would definitely have <laughs> a weapon room where you're like pull a book and the wall flips over and it's just like umbrellas that explode and stuff. Yeah. I I feel like that's every kid's dream is to have like some secret room. You go through like a tunnel and you get into this like, yeah, a secret room filled with your most prized possessions. Yeah, totally. I definitely thought you were just thinking about how you think every kid thinks about having a secret murder room. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the secret room is the beginnings of the secret murder room. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have a shed in my backyard where I murder keep all my murder tools yeah it sounds like the best d-rated horror movie ever secret murder room (laughs) so so i wanted to talk really briefly just about the um um the the witch queen's end game because basically she alludes at the beginning of the movie that like witches were were on earth first or they were there first and their whole beef with humanity um is that humanity is kind of like they almost express that witches think that humans are ruining the planet or like taking it over mm-hmm. from them when they're yeah. more so like the pure uh they were their first kind of thing um so she has she's created this thing called the black plague which is essentially is gonna like wipe out humanity right mm-hmm. and calder stops it in the past and then ultimately that's what they have to try to stop in the present day in this movie so um i kind of wanted to get your guys's thoughts um on what you what you thought of the lore building like where you think these witches came from originally because i thought that was kind of cool 
Uh, well, for me, I'm like a little bit confused in that uh, in that first sequence because was he going after her to stop the plague or was he going after her because she murdered his family? I think the army was there to stop the plague, but he um, involved himself probably because of his own vendetta. Because it was probably like personal then. I think so. Um, I like I like that uh, I like when movies take things that has actually happened in history, like the plague and all that stuff, and then they give it like a spin. And so in this movie, they gave it the spin of like witches created the black plague, in which like I I really like like how Good they old did fantasy adjust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and so, so like I'm always, I'm always a fan when they do that because it, it, it like makes a, it gives it like a little bit more sense of uh, like more believable. Yeah, you know, I agree. What do you think, Cody? I think uh, Aaron summed it up pretty well. That's kind of what I had going on too. Yeah, yeah. If you guys could watch a two-hour film of Vin Diesel just like narrating a Dungeons and Dragons game, would you watch it? <laughs> I would watch. I'd definitely watch that. <laughs> With that voice, like, that iconic voice. Maybe turn all my lights off, put some candles on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I have another question. When, when like, it shows the flash flashback and he finally, like, gets back into his memories yeah. and um, sees, like, the day that he died and then gets resurrected and they, like, they save the heart, why do you think that they saved the heart? Do you think they saved the heart because... Um, because like they wanted to save the witch queen or do you think they saved the heart because they wanted him to live and like become this weapon for slaying mm. uh like witches because for me i'm i'm feeling like you know obviously if roles were reversed and it was someone else and vin diesel's character was like in charge of the heart there i feel like he would have destroyed it right there dis- despite like whoever the heart was attached to and and so like i feel like they kind of left this uh, a little open-ended um yeah I feel like uh, if um, Calder did did have it, he would want to destroy it himself because he doesn't necessarily want to live forever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he mm-hmm. would like to question the afterlife and be with his family. Yeah, um, yeah. It's that one's a hard one. It's almost like it it could potentially be a plot hole in the fact that we're the, like we couldn't figure out a way of making her come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in the movie. The, kind of the way the scene plays out is they see that when they harmed the heart, it was like torturing Calder as he was like burnt, burning mm-hmm. and, and all corpsey and stuff. Yeah, but, and they kind of have a lot of trust in Calder because he's lived for so long and he is definitely the ultimate machine to them. Yeah, but when you're forced with the decision of like um, eradicating this plague and this like witch who has... You know, who knows how many people she's killed prior to this movie's opening. Um, It just seemed a little weird to me that they wouldn't just put him out of his misery. Like, Mm -hmm. in that moment, nobody knows that he's cursed with life. They're amazed Mm -hmm. that he's still alive, but they have no idea that he's been cursed with immortality. Mm -hmm. So you would think in that moment that when they're like, oh, man, when we stab this heart, it's hurting Calder. You'd think that they would be like, frick, put him out of his misery. He doesn't even have like yeah. a scalp anymore. Like he's dying. Mm-hmm. So it seems really weird to me that they wouldn't just finish off the heart right then and there. And they're just like, yeah, yeah, let's let's put some uh, polysporin on him and <laughs> hope he gets better. <laughs> and they well, this is where I'm like, si- think about uh, like, are they keeping it to research it? Yeah. 
Yeah, this is Aaron. This is why I agree with like where you're saying like you would have liked it the better sequel, if, if it all right? took place like back then. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I would imagine like everyone sitting in a bar like two days later, and Calder walks in without a mark on him, is mm-hmm. all healed up, and everyone's like, "Oh, hey, maybe we should have actually destroyed that heart." Hey, Calder, you want to talk about why you look completely normal now? Because last time we saw you, your eyeballs were hanging out, like. I don't I don't understand how that played out. Did he just leave the country when he realized what was going on? Yeah, no. I that this is where I'm saying a sequel would have been um would be like really nice cuz what if this guy who saved the heart is actually like a bad dude and that's the reason why he saved it, right? Like it would make more sense and you know whoever the the bad dude was in 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 the movie was like actually from this like ancient whatever from 800 years ago that knew about the heart and that's why he was like able to resurrect like i like i feel like they could go in that kind of direction and it would fill in a lot of holes totally this is so Mm -hmm. refreshing to me it's so nice to be able to talk about a movie that's this ambitious that doesn't have like any ties to anything else because you can totally brainstorm it like um if it's one thing about vin diesel's movies that i've noticed is that they all have really big world building and lore attached to them Mm -hmm. like um chronicles of riddick is like bursting at the seams with all the different ideas they tried to jam into that film um yeah and and i still like it quite a bit but like and even the fast and furious franchise like if you if you were to watch the seventh or eighth one and hadn't seen any of the previous films you'd be like super lost as to like who's who (laughs) what allegiances everyone has and stuff Uh, all the back who's family and who's not (laughs) (laughs) man yeah Yeah. i'm definitely a fan of this film and i want to i want to see more and i want to see it in the hands of a more competent director who isn't like uh you know this movie you know what this movie was this movie fell victim to nepotism that's all it really Mm. was at the end of the day yeah yeah and uh honestly i feel like a sequel could totally do this thing justice Mm -hmm. i hope that yeah vin diesel does just like because you know we might we might get it um because like what is it he just he just finished doing is it fast eight or fast nine now i don't know um it's gonna be fast nine next year Okay, and then he's also doing um, the Chronicles movie as well, right? Yeah. So he's got two big movies about to coming out here. So who knows what's going to happen? Because they're yeah, saying sure for got, the Fast and sorry, I'm assuming he's got some uh, voice work to do for Disney Plus too. Oh for the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Marvel mm-hmm. series that are coming out too, because there's lots of animated things going on that mm-hmm. I'm sure he's a part of. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully he has enough time because the Fast and Furious uh, franchise, like I think this is the is I I think he's doing like it's going to be the last movie, but then it's going to split off into smaller movies. Yeah, or something like that. Man, I hope we get justice for Han. That's all I care about right now. Yeah, I rewatched that series and I I freaking love that Han character. He is so awesome. He's so cool just the way he's always like eating and leaning on a car. Yeah, and then uh you find out that it's a it's a it's a uh, a tick because he used to smoke and he's trying to quit smoking so he just snacks all the time and I was like, man, yeah. this that's so good. That's such good writing for a movie about cars and butts. So good. <laughs> and family. Don't and fam- forget family. <laughs> I mean, it was once about cars. I don't know about now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm really excited to see what Vin Diesel does because he's um he's such an odd duck, man. You can't you can't put a pin in him because like you at first glance you think he's kind of just like a muscly action guy, um, mm-hmm. but beneath the surface he always he also seems like a total nerd. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we've ever had that in Hollywood. Yeah. Well, if you really you take know, a look I... at like a lot of his roles, minus being yeah. dumb, like Chronicles mm-hmm. of Rodeck, being Groot, being in this movie, I think he's just like a serious nerd at heart. So in this movie, what was your like double WTF moment, <laughs> um, or do you even have any? Uh I have one that like it's not so much a WTF moment, but it just made me laugh so hard. When uh, Calder, uh, he takes that potion um, in order to sort of deep dive his memory. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in that bar, and um, Chloe gives him that uh, that potion. And he leans back, and he's slowly starting to drift off. Oh, and, yeah. Okay. And she pulls out her phone to take a selfie with him. And, yeah. <laughs> and then he just, like, randomly wakes up for a second and says... Be nice. <laughs> it yeah. So, it was so funny. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't know why it hit me, but it was just so funny that I literally rewound it. I rewound it and watched it again. It was just like, first off, why is she taking the photo? Like, she thinks he's a fascist. She calls him like an immortal fascist or something like that. And the next thing you know, she's like taking a selfie with him. It's like, what's going she's like, on? Might be a fascist, but. Definitely a celebrity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like, yeah, I'm going to get some clicks off this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cody, what about you? Was there anything that, like, jumped out at you? I think there's a million weird things in this movie, but um, I think <laughs> I'd say that probably, like, the funniest moment that I found was uh, Michael Caine's character when he comes back to life near the end. And <laughs> uh, he's standing in the office and the fly comes through. Yeah. And he just like gives it a good smack uh, with the book, and he just looks at the camera and he's like, "Try doing that with an iPad." Oh yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he looks like right at the camera. <laughs> Literally tears of laughter. Yeah, uh, try doing that with an iPad. <laughs> <laughs> he's, so, he's so like old school anti technology. Oh, that's good. It's such a funny, like, it almost made this movie seem kind of dated, that one line. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like such a 2000 line to kind of say, you know? Yeah, I feel like uh, 2015, or when this movie came out, like, everybody had iPads by then. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah I don't funny. know how much they, like, super updated it, because I think it was, um, I think I seen it was, like, a list of 2010 scripts unmade, and it was, like, the mo- one of the most liked scripts on there. So I don't know if like they really went back and kind of changed anything at all to make it kind of up to 2015. Oh, that would totally explain a couple of those janky kind of dated lines. Oh (laughs) man, yeah, Yeah, that explains so much. Mm, That's really interesting. You think that they would update though that though? Yeah, yeah. You think anything after know your audience? Yeah, you kind of need to just upgrade things and. Uh, yeah, so overall, I I really enjoyed this movie. I felt like um, like we've we've stated a thousand times already that you just the the lore that goes into it and the openness of being able to create anything yeah. that goes on to it. I also personally really liked the twist with uh, Elijah Wood that he was actually uh, like a bad guy or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, I thought it was like really good. I thought that they had, um, you know, like 
good characters, good casting in this movie. Um, I wouldn't say like the acting, like it is a Vin Diesel movie. So in terms of acting, like it's as good as, good as it gets kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, they did a lot of cool ideas, played with like a lot of uh, like a lot of things. And yeah, overall, like I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Totally I'm a real 60-40 on it. <laughs> Cody, how about you? Yeah, as an overall, I really enjoyed the movie. Like, as I said before, I think the casting was perfect for this thing. Yeah. Uh, everyone's a decently well-known actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of a sucker for anything fantasy. The thing with being, like, mm-hmm. a big fantasy fan is you can give a little and you can kind of take a lot from it, rather how cheesy or whatever it is. It kind of takes like a very, very kind of special kind of person to appreciate all those kind of weird fantasy things. Totally. Yeah. And I feel like I'm kind of one of those guys where you can kind of show me anything like when they have the big uh, wooden creature or whatever (laughs) that's like trying to take them down and stuff like that. It's just little things like that. Yeah. That I that you can add in there just to, you know, please any fantasy fan of sorts. Um, yeah. This movie is an hour and forty six minutes long, so it's under two hours mm-hmm. long. It's a very, very quick film for how much is going on. Yeah, so, that's a weird thing for fantasy too, because most fantasy movies you see usually extend past two hours. Yeah, exactly. It's so like, I'm going to, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to rapid fire, say a bunch of different things that show up in this film. And keep in mind, this is an hour and 46 minutes runtime. Uh, I think that's including credits. So you have this witch tree. You have a witch queen. You have this idea about mm-hmm. a witch's heart. You have someone says the phrase 14th level warlock. You have um, you have this idea of these doolins. You have these underground witch bars. You have this witch fashion show. You have that that <laughs> gummy bear tree. There's something called dreamwalkers. Mm-hmm. There's there's this magical dirt and this plant thing that shows up. You have runes that control the weather. You have like um, this truce, this whole truce system with the witches and it's like a ceasefire. You have something called the Black Plague. Um, <laughs> there's this whole thing about how you need iron and fire to kill a witch. Like, I'm like, it's it's almost exhausting just running through all the different things that they pumped into this film. Yeah, and like <laughs> a lot of them seem to be like decently original ideas. Oh, yeah, totally. So, yeah. And I feel like they flow as well. They do, yeah. Oh, yeah, and and th- that sentinel, that that freaking uh, that the sentinel. anal rector, <laughs> that yeah, guards, other than that guards like, the witch prison. It's a very very cool thing. The hunter uh, falling in love with the hunted, um, I think, really sets up this franchise. This movie really is a, a franchise starter in so many ways, um, because if we if it were up to us it would be a four or five hour movie because there's so much to cover. Other than like some plot holes, uh, I'd say that from like beginning to end, it flew like the, the flow was like super, super nice. Like you didn't really see a scene and then the next scene would happen. You're like, wait, but what about this? Exactly. Yeah. You don't really Mm -hmm. have time to think about it. It just keeps going. So, yeah, I mean, Aaron, what would you say to recommend this film to somebody? 
Oh, I would definitely say, like, if you are a fan of the fantasy genre or, like, uh, D&D fan or any any sort of that stuff, like, you definitely have to give this movie a watch. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, and what would your rating be? Oh, um, I would give it... Uh, oh, I can't come <laughs> up with anything right now. <laughs> um, I would give it a solid, like, uh, probably... 60% maybe maybe higher maybe like a 68%. Oh nice. That's pretty good. Yeah. What about you Cody? Who would you recommend this to and what's your rating? I would definitely have to recommend this to I'd say serious fantasy fans only. I think it definitely yeah. has mm. a very very certain audience for it. Yeah. Um I wouldn't really recommend it to just the regular kind of movie watcher as much. They might uh, <laughs> not find as much value about it. Yeah. Mhm. And what would your rating be? Um, if we're given a percentage out of 100, I think I can mark it around, uh, I'd give it about a 65, 70. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. I would definitely recommend this if you're a fan of fantasy. I feel like it alienates mm-hmm. a little bit of people with like its lore building and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I would give this movie a solid six doolins out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I'd give it one bald guy fighting another bald guy in order to get his franchise back. (laughs) Yeah. I give it uh, eight anal raptors stealing (laughs) six witches out of 13. (laughs) There we go. Awesome. Well, I think that's all I got to say about. the Last Witch Hunter. Any final thoughts? Anything like that? Yeah. Oh, uh, everyone, go check it out yeah. um, if you haven't seen it. And maybe don't check it out just because you're a Vin Diesel fan, but actually check it out because you're like a like fantasy. Well, guys, um, yeah, Last Witch Hunter. Check it out uh, if you're into Vin Diesel and you're into fantasy. Um, I think you'll be really pleasantly surprised with it. If it's one of those movies mm-hmm. that you never really gave it a chance before or you just haven't seen it in a while, um, I was pleasantly surprised with it. I certainly don't see 17% when I watch this. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of critics were super hard on it for no good reason. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, no one really went and saw it. I, and uh, But honestly, I feel like in 2019, um, this movie is certainly worth a watch, and I think it holds up really yeah. well. Yeah. Go watch it so we can recreate a fan base and get a either sequel or prequel to this. Yeah, because Vin Diesel, he listens to his fans for sure. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's always been the kind of guy who's very plugged into to fan feedback. I mean, so. especially if it's going to be like something that we feel is a passion project for sure. Like if he's oh, like, yeah. oh, mm-hmm. people are loving this. Yeah. Yes. There's like a good chance that he's going he's gonna to work out something. Yeah. yeah. We need more Calder. Need more witch hunting. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for joining us for today's episode. Um, Let us know what you thought of today's episode. Uh, Check out our subreddit at IDO Movie Podcast. Uh, You can hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, email, all that stuff. And uh, we will catch you in the next episode. And thanks again to our special guest, Cody Bueller, for joining us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. It was great. See you guys. Bye. Better yet, what went through your mind when you saw the trailer?